Welcome to episode three of Autonomy Bytes, a program dedicated to keeping you up to date on the latest trends, technologies, and applications of autonomous systems. Each episode highlights interviews with leading experts to provide their insights and opinions in a format that is educational and entertaining. Hi, I'm uh, Dr. Andrew Shepard, the Executive Director and Chief Scientist of Unmanned Aerial Systems, or UAS, at the Sinclair College National UAS Training and Certification Center, located in Dayton, Ohio. As always, we're proud to have Sinclair as our show sponsor. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Smith, a retired colonel in the United States Air Force, test pilot, and aviation industry expert. Ryan, what can you tell us about our guest today? Hi, Andrew. Today, we're joined by Scott Korndike, who is the president of the Entrepreneur Center in Dayton, Ohio. Scott has an incredible background in business formation, technology, commercialization, and economic development. Plus, I know that you're collaborating on some exciting work related to the UAS entrepreneurship that we'll briefly explore a little bit later in today's show. Hey, Scott, thanks for joining us on Autonomy Bites this morning. How are you? Hey, Ryan, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Hey, Scott. Uh, so to get us started, um, I think it would be helpful to establish, uh, you know, what programs are supported by the Entrepreneur Center, uh, you know, what was the organization created to accomplish, and, uh, you know, related to that, what are the most vital services, tools, and resources that you have found to be key in increasing the likelihood of success in a new venture? Yeah, well, thanks. Great question, Andrew. So, when you think of the Entrepreneur Center, there's really two imperatives, two things that we really try to do. The first is business formation. And the second is business growth. So we try to help companies go through that formative stage, the business formation stage. So we're working with companies to do things like business planning, customer discovery, understanding what customers you're reaching and how you're going to reach those customers. Corporate formation, literally the formal filing of articles of incorporation, um, getting your legal documents in place, getting your intellectual property in place. So all of the things you would think about as the formative stages of building a business. Then we also help companies grow their businesses. So you're thinking about business development. How do you find your first sales opportunities? How do you grow your sales staff? How do you plan for scaling? How do you plan for growth? And ultimately, how do you plan for and receive investment? So we spend a fair amount of time with our companies really thinking about investment. Where can you find dilutive or non-dilutive capital? Where can you find that critical resource to keep your business going in those early, early stages? So there's a number of services, tools, and kind of resources that we utilize to do that. The first is, and probably the most important for us, is our entrepreneurs in residence or our mentors. So we have an extensive team, something like about uh, 20 team members who do nothing but act as entrepreneurs and residents. They've been there, they've done that. They've worked with and they've started companies before. They stand next to these entrepreneurs as they go through those early stages. We've got our formal small business development program. So our SBDC, uh, that's a state and a federal program that we run. So we've got five people who are dedicated to our non-technical businesses. And then we've got our entrepreneurial services program. That's a state program that we support and we run that helps entrepreneurs who are building technology businesses through direct investment in services to those companies. So between our entrepreneurs and residents, our SBDC program, our ESP program, there's really no entrepreneur that we can't help. Wow, Scott, from, from your description, I can really see the value in structured programs and support for a new entrepreneur. 
And, you know, starting or growing a business can be daunting. So I'm sure that support from organizations like the Entrepreneur Center can be really invaluable. But specifically, have, have you noticed a difference in the needs of those pursuing a startup and forward-leaning technology like autonomy versus those pursuing less cutting-edge concepts? Yeah, absolutely. It is. That's a, it's a really important question. So if you think about a technology business, let's use the prototypical autonomy business uh, as an example. Generally, those companies are going to be early stage. Autonomous systems are, relatively speaking, in their early stages. So those businesses are going to be early stages. Therefore, access to customers isn't necessarily a given. You're often trying to understand who your customer is going to be and how you reach that customer. So that's a challenge. In many ways, sometimes the science, if you will, is still formative. You're taking a new technology, you're applying it to a new purpose. And so some of that research development still has to occur. So that formative kind of nature of the science behind the business often uh, just needs to be developed. Um, often early stage technology companies, certainly on autonomous systems, they need intellectual property advice and counsel. Um, so if you're going to put out a technology, you want to make sure you can protect that technology. So intellectual property challenges. And then we often see that a technology entrepreneur, let's use that prototypical autonomous systems entrepreneur, that entrepreneur probably brings a very significant technical background, but maybe a less significant business background. And so there are some, some work that we can do to help that technologist really become a business person certainly become much more conversant with and, and much more successful as a business person. So those technology businesses bring their own kind of challenges. Non-technology businesses, on the other hand, typically have a clear pathway to customers. We're going to open up a shop. We're going to open up a restaurant. We're going to open up a service uh, center, whatever that is. Customers are going to come to us. You're generally not proving a science. Instead, you're really perfecting a business model. And so perfecting that business model you know, that, that focus changes a little bit. And in truth, there's kind of fewer aids to develop those, those companies. There are fewer programs that are focused on non-technology entrepreneurs. So while technology entrepreneurs face unique challenges, it's pretty clear that there are resources, programs that are available to help technology entrepreneurs that really don't exist for non-technology non entrepreneurs. So those fewer resources are really something that a non-tech entrepreneur will struggle with. So Scott, uh, you know, that's a great segue into our collaboration on UAS entrepreneurship and uh, the business plan competition that we're working on now. So as some background uh, for the audience, uh, the National Science Foundation Advanced Technological Education Program funded Sinclair in collaboration with uh, several partners, both uh, here in Ohio and across the country on a project titled Educating Entrepreneurial Technicians for Unmanned Aerial Systems. And the primary goal of that project is to uh, provide technicians with the knowledge and skills to apply UAS technology and intellectual property uh, in a business. So, uh, you know, the main deliverables include a one-year college certificate integrating UAS courses with entrepreneurship content, a business plan competition supporting the formation and success of high-tech UAS-related startups, student access to intellectual property from government, industry, and academic partners, and uh, STEM materials uh, and teacher training to encourage high school students to consider entrepreneurial UAS ventures. But uh, for today, let's just focus on the UAS business plan competition. 
what are the major components of the competition and what resources are available to those that successfully complete the process and are selected uh, for an award? So when we think about the business plan competition, Andrew, think about the structure a little bit. We, we built what I think is a pretty interesting structure. First of all, we started the competition with an elevator pitch. So we asked these students uh, to pitch us an idea, but do that in a very short, concise way. Sort of that prototypical 30 second elevator pitch. So we wanted students to really be able to express their ideas without putting a lot of work into an idea that didn't have legs and that we didn't feel like ultimately was going to be something that really the full weight of the business plan competition could support. So we started with, in a lot of ways, kind of a low bar. And we think that's kind of a unique way to start a business plan competition. Business plan competitions also generally you're kind of dissuaded from participating because they tend to have fairly high bars. You got to have a big business plan. You got to have a big pitch. You got to put in a lot of time. And so you sort of depress participation. We didn't want that for the UAS business plan competition. And I think our, our efforts were rewarded. We had seven great teams that, that ultimately pitched to us. The second phase is really where we ask these teams to come up with their formal business plan. Now we did that in a pretty constrained way. That's just a 20 page business plan up to a 20 page business plan. It's a short pitch deck to us. So you're, you're beginning to put really the foundational concepts of your business together and you're translating that into a pitch to us. Now we're going to have a chance to hear from those finalists. They're going to pitch to us, but as they were developing their pitch and as they were developing their business plan, they got consistent support and mentoring through Sinclair. You talked about those academic programs. They had access to the academic support structures, the, the professors and the educators at Sinclair. They also had access to us, uh, to the Entrepreneur Center, so our entrepreneurs and residents. Now, the winner or winners will receive a service package. We felt like it's really important to really stand these businesses up with the right kind of service and support. Typically, you'll see awards, and those awards can be used all kinds of different ways. We think a better way to reward these companies to provide services. So we want to provide intellectual property support, corporate formation support, lawyers, marketing, prototype development, those elements that are typically harder to fund for a startup. We're going to provide a package of support. And then probably the most important part of the UAS business plan competition, Andrew, is really the connection to our community resources. So all of the resources that a traditional startup would have are available to these Sinclair students and to these new companies. They're not segmented or segregated. They've got access to our ESP program, our SBDC program, the full weight of the community's support. And one of the most important elements there, Andrew, is their access to intellectual property. So their access to intellectual property from, for example, the Air Force Research Laboratories. AFRL's got a huge collection of resource uh, and, and intellectual property. And so we're tying those students and those businesses into that. Hey, Scott, that is awesome. And it's great to hear that there are so many programs out there to support people that are pursuing the development of their own ideas and their own companies. Um, you know, I can't say enough. I want to thank you for joining us today and, and sharing your insights. And, uh, you know, congratulations for all the great work that's going on at the Entrepreneur Center. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me here. Okay, Ryan. Uh, well, it looks like we're at the end of the show. Yes, but the good news is there are many more exciting topics and guests to come on future episodes. So before we close, we'd like to again acknowledge our sponsor, the St. Clair College National UAS Training and Certification Center. 
And as always, we encourage everyone to stay alert for new episodes as we continue to bring you interviews with leading experts from across the country in the autonomy space. That's right. And uh, remember that autonomy bites. Okay, see you next time.